0: This podcast does not replace a need for consultation with a licensed professional, and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 179 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. Miro thank you so much for joining me today. All right, we are going to talk about self-love. I've had some experiences this week where I've just noticed even with all the work I've done on accepting my body and myself, it's sneaky. The judgment that we have internally, that internal critic is so sneaky. And sometimes it's not. I know for some of you, the internal critic that judges your body, that tells you you're not quite doing enough, might not be so sneaky. It might be yelling at you some days totally fine. I think it's time to have a chat about it and let's talk about moving forward, shifting how we approach that internal critic and focusing more on self-love to make your life better. And as a side effect, it's going to make your weight loss journey better too. So that's what we're talking about today. Just so you know, doors to stress eating SOS are opening up on April 14th. Stress eating SOS is my physician only coaching program. This is the program where we take any physicians who know what they want to be eating, have an idea of what they should be eating, but really find it hard to do that consistently. If you've ever said to yourself, I know what I should be doing, why can't I just do it? Then this is the program for you. If you struggle with feeling in control around food, or if you have binge eating, Or if you just don't know why you eat when you do, this is the program for you. So mark it on your calendars, April 14th, and make sure you get your name on the wait list. Head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash SOS. That's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash SOS. Add your name to the wait list. I've got some things planned. So you want to get your name on that wait list so that you hear about the special things I'm going to offer as soon as possible. Okay. Let's talk about soft love. So why did I want to record this episode this week? Well, my husband and I have booked a trip to a beach vacation. And this is the first one since well before the pandemic. It had been a while even when the pandemic hit. And what I noticed is basically as soon as we booked it, my brain went to my stomach. And some of my initial thoughts, probably even honestly before the thoughts of like, Oh, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be so nice to sit on the beach and actually have time to relax. My first thoughts were, all right, what are we going to do about this stomach? Because here's the thing. I've lost a lot of weight. I've maintained that weight loss. But my stomach is the place, we all have this place on our body, right? That we are so easy to judge. My stomach is the place where my brain doesn't think it matches up to what it should be right? That ideal that we've been fed. I've had twins. I've gained and lost a lot of weight. There's things about my stomach that don't match what the magazine models looks like. And honestly, my temptation, and I was thinking about this when I was planning this episode, I could sit here and tell you about all the things that are wrong with my stomach. I could list them out. I could give you descriptive terms to convince you how horrible my stomach is. And I've decided not to do that because nobody benefits from that. And all that is, is actually feeding this internal critic that I'm talking to you about. And so I'm telling you this story because it's so interesting. I've done a lot of work on how I think about my stomach. Most days, I think fairly nicely about it. But it's interesting how a different situation comes up and it opens back up to some of these old thoughts of like, Oh my gosh, everybody's going to be staring at how saggy the stomach is or whatever that thought was. Followed by, and this is the interesting thing and why I think it's so important to talk about, followed by, okay, I need to make sure I lose some weight before we go. Now raise your hand if you've ever had that before a vacation where you're like, all right, going on vacation, now. I need to hurry up and lose weight so I can like myself and feel that I look good when I'm on the vacation. And that's where I paused myself because I recognized, yeah, I could totally lose weight if I want. I definitely have that power. But if I do it from that place of something is wrong with my body, I don't like my body and I decide to lose weight, it's not going to feel good. As you've heard me talk about so much on this podcast, I believe in making weight loss Feel not easy, but a sense of ease with the changes that you make to lose weight. I believe in making it enjoyable. So it feels good. It makes your life better, not worse. And yet, if I started focusing on losing weight just because I happen to have a jiggly stomach, that's going to feel very different. It will not have ease. It will not be enjoyable and it will not make my life better. It will make me. Probably when you think about it, when you're trying to lose weight, there's a deadline and you're doing it from a place of I'm not, I don't measure up in some way here and I'm going to try to fix my body so I measure up better there. It creates a lot of anxiety. And I see that a lot in the physicians I coach when there's a, a deadline and you think that there's something wrong with where you started, it creates that pressure and that anxiety It creates a feeling that it's not happening fast enough, that you're not doing it right, which again, notice it becomes like a snowball of negative, critical thinking about yourself. So I wanted to share this with you because I know that so many of you are thinking about this. And for many of you, it's probably happening at the back of your mind where you're not even aware that your brain is judging your body because you're so used to it. Like this voice that we have in our heads about our bodies, and this expands beyond your body too, right? Like it's also the voice we have in our head about our work, how we're doing as a parent, how we're doing as partner, how we're doing as just a human being in the world that we should be doing, we should have done. We're not quite enough. That messaging is so prevalent and we're so used to it that often we don't even notice it. And when we don't notice it, when it's a soundtrack, like somebody's playing a tape. (laughs) You know what I just had a flash of? Do you remember when it was such a big deal when you could automatically play the second side of the tape without flipping it over? (laughs) You could actually play a cassette tape on loop. I just aged myself for any of you guys who are younger. But when it's like that, when it's a cassette tape played on loop, about how you aren't measuring up in some way, your body or any other part of you, it really makes your days heavier. And if we can just notice it, find it, pluck it out, your days are gonna feel better. And here's the thing, if you're listening to this and you've been contemplating joining Stress Eating SOS and you're feeling like you want to do it because you don't like your body in its current shape, or size, or the scale number, or whatever it is, that is okay. But that is something that we will work on inside stress eating SOS because the long term journey isn't going to work if it's coming from a place of dislike. The long term journey is so much more successful, it's so much more enjoyable when we can foster more from a place of self love. And even if you can't quite get to self love, acceptance can be a really good middle ground. Like for my story that I told you guys, my example of heading to the beach, generally I don't think I've gotten to the place of self-love of my stomach quite yet, but most days it's acceptance and that's what I'll work on for this trip. And you know, what was interesting. So all these thoughts came to me when I was looking in the mirror one morning getting ready and I was like, oof, got to do something about that was essentially the thought I had about my stomach. And then basically the question that came to me was, what if nothing's wrong with my stomach? I've spent years of my life, especially since having my twins, thinking something's horribly wrong with it. But what if there's nothing wrong? And I want you to consider that about anything that you're judging yourself for. What if nothing's wrong with it? What if it's perfectly okay the way it is? How would that feel? Now, of course, depending on where you're at with this, you may have a lot of resistance that comes up when you ask yourself that. Your brain might be like, yeah, but... (laughs) It's obviously not okay. If you've spent a lot of time thinking about how it's not okay, you'll probably find a lot of resistance when you start to make these shifts, and that's totally fine. Nothing's going wrong. You just shift it again. Ask yourself a question again. What if nothing's wrong with it? What if it's okay? And sometimes looking at something neutrally, like, this is just the way it is. This is my stomach today. This is my stomach after having three children. This is what a lot of stomachs look like after having three children. You can find neutral statements that will feel better, and that can be a path. But don't back away from this work if you feel resistance to the work. That resistance is just that we've been programmed through society to assume things aren't okay, to assume that we're not quite measuring up. And I think it's time to really focus on assuming we're perfectly okay. Now, the question you might have is okay, if I'm perfectly okay, is that going to mean I don't have to actually go after goals? I know a lot of people that I talk to feel okay, if I'm not judging and if I'm not tough with myself, I'm just going to stagnate. I'm going to stay here exactly where I am. And I don't think this place is good for me. And that might be your weight, that might be your eating habits maybe it's something else. And I don't think that's actually true. I think the being tough with yourself, acting and making change from a place of dislike, that has more chance of actually stagnating you because you don't actually make inroads for long. Because of that intention behind it, you're more likely to give up and be like, this isn't working. Or you get partway down the road and you're still really dissatisfied because The dissatisfaction from our bodies, from our life, from anything doesn't actually come from the thing we're dissatisfied with. My stomach is not what makes me feel bad about my stomach. My stomach is a neutral entity. What makes me feel bad about it is how I think about it, the collection of thoughts I have around it. So it's not if you try to make change from a place of dislike, then often it's not lasting. That does not mean you can't make change, that you should just stay where you are. And I see this in the media with talks about weight bias and weight loss and should we even be talking about it? And what I really believe is what matters is the intention behind it. If we can work on improving health, and maybe that involves losing weight if that's what you want to do. Maybe it involves just improving your eating habits, but we work on that from a place of let's make your life better with this. Let's assume nothing was wrong, but let's dream about what you want for yourself in your life and move forward from a place of caring for yourself and self-love like what we're talking about today. Then that's a very powerful place to make changes in your life. And those changes are going to feel very different because they're coming from a place of I care for myself. I think I'm worth shifting some of my habits. And I'm worth, even on the days where I struggle, I'm still worthy. It's still good. I'm still doing it right, even if I'm struggling some days. Even if there's days where I choose to eat food that's not healthy, doesn't change my worth. Even if I have a body that holds extra weight, it doesn't change my worth. We will all probably, especially for people listening to this podcast, is we will all live in bodies that are different sizes at different times in our life. And one version is no better than the other. It all depends on the goals that you want to reach. And I can tell you the work that I do and and the work that I've done in my own life to lose weight, it's been valuable, not because I'm a smaller size. But it's valuable because of everything I had to do to get to the smaller size, meaning having to figure all this stuff out, having to build a routine where I do continually watch how I'm speaking to myself, how I'm going through my day, how I'm approaching my days, because all of those actually impact weight and they impact eating because the eating and the weight isn't actually about the food it's I thought it was for a lot of times thought it was that the food was just so irresistible. And if I were to eat food that helped me lose weight, it would be so boring, but it's not actually true. It was never about the food. It was about everything else that was going on in my life. And that's what I do inside Stress Eating SOS is I help you figure out all the other stuff in your life that might be contributing to feeling out of control around food, might be making it hard for you to reach your goals so we can move forward in a positive way. Okay. A little bit of a sidetrack there, but let's talk about self-love. And I think it's so useful to think, why is it so hard? When we think about saying really nice stuff to ourselves, about our bodies, about just ourselves, about our work, about our parenting, like all the different aspects of us, why does it feel so hard? This comes up again and again. And I ask the physicians that I work with, why is it so hard to say nice stuff? And sometimes the answers I get are like you don't want to kind of be boastful or seen as being arrogant. I think that's definitely possible, but I think there are other things too. I think it's almost like if we say really nice stuff to ourselves, maybe we're tempting fate sometimes. And also, I think there often is a feeling of if I say really nice stuff to myself, other people might tell me I'm wrong. I might get kind of mocked is the word that's coming up. That's not really the right word, but other people might tell me I should never think that stuff. It's almost like thinking nice stuff about ourselves, we feel exposed to what other people might think about that. And I think that honestly is one of the biggest reasons why it can be hard to think really nice stuff about yourself which is interesting, right? Because nobody else knows what you think about yourself. (laughs) You can choose to share it. And I think maybe we should more, but other people don't know. But if this is really challenging for you, I encourage you just to ask yourself, why is it so hard? And be curious about it. doesn't mean you have to come up with an answer, but just be really curious so you start to get some ideas about why is it? What programming? Because it's hard because there's some sort of programming going on in our brains for you, why is it so hard? What programming exists that makes it hard? And why is it important? Now, when I think about doing this episode, what I was thinking about is it's important right now because we need more love in our lives right now. We are past two years into a pandemic. There's a new war going on in the world. There's so many things happening that have taken the love away. It's easy to focus on what's not right in the whole world. We need more love. We can't change what's happening in the world, but this can be a place where we can start creating it. And here's the thing when we're critical to ourselves, and I think this is why this is so widespread, is when we're critical to ourselves, it's easy to share that, right? Like I could, like I said, it would be easy for me on this podcast to tell you a big description about my stomach. I could easily do that and not have issues. It's easy to talk to friends about things you don't like about yourself. It's easy to kind of tone yourself down when talking with other people about yourself to kind of pass off your accomplishments and minimize them. That feels better. But what happens is then that gets perpetuated. And especially if you're raising kids, how we speak about ourselves is definitely going to get perpetuated in our kids because they're going to see us speaking that way about ourselves. And so right now, what the world needs is more people to spread love, to say nice things about themselves, about other people, about your friends. And if you think about it, so you can work on this self-love stuff, and totally keep it to yourself. But what ripple effects might happen if you actually started to say some nice things about yourself out loud in company? Now, I know for some of you, that might create like a ton of like cringeworthy hesitation, but just contemplate it. What if your friends heard you saying nice things about yourself and said to themselves, huh, I wonder if I should actually be nicer to myself. She's being nice to herself. And that sounds really good. Maybe I should do it. And then they start thinking nicer things about themselves. And maybe they say something out loud and somebody else hears them. It's a ripple effect. And honestly, like I said, the world needs more positivity. This is why I think it's really worthwhile to start with this work now if you haven't done it yet. And even if you've worked on it, there is always more work to do on the self-love. I've done a lot of work on it and there's still more work to do, which is totally fine. Doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It just means... It's an area that there is no limit to it. I think another thing that makes us pause and think that we shouldn't be nice to ourselves is it feels like if we're nice to ourselves and we kind of say positive things about ourselves, that's going to take away from somebody else. So that thinking is that love and positivity is a limited resource, but it's totally not. It's an exponential resource. So us being nice to ourselves, saying positive things to ourselves, does not take anything away. It does not diminish anybody else's accomplishments, but it can create and make space for them to also think positively and experience love about the accomplishments. So it's an exponential increase in what it does when you start to think positively about yourself. Even think about this example, this podcast I'm talking in ways a few years ago I never would have spoken in public, I can tell you. Number one, I would never mention my stomach because I hope that nobody ever even noticed it. I tried to keep it just hidden and hope nobody like noticed that there was this, in my mind, glaringly huge issue. But the fact that I'm speaking publicly on a stage of sorts about loving yourself no matter what your size is, no matter what the scale says, today, no matter what parts jiggle, no matter how imperfect you feel you are in other areas of your life, loving yourself anyways, exactly how you are, it's going to have ripple effects. And that's why I wanted to record this podcast. And you can do that in your own life. You don't have to have a podcast to create ripple effects. Do it around your kids, do it around your friends, do it around your family members, do it around your patients, create ripple effects there. Are there any downsides? Love is not a limited resource. Positivity is not a limited resource. They grow the more we put into them. They improve lives around us the more we put into them. I cannot see any downsides to loving yourself more and being more positive about yourself. And I've thought a lot about this. I can't see any downsides. Now, like I said, some people will feel that if they're nice to themselves, they won't make any changes. And worry that being nice to themselves, and I see this lots with the physicians I coach about eating habits, if I'm nice to myself about the food I eat, if I'm compassionate about the food I eat, well then that's just going to be really permissive. And if I'm nice to myself about my body, I'm just going to stay on the couch watching Netflix and never make any changes. I don't think that's true. I think it just changes the conversation. So if you've always used, I want to make changes because I really don't like my body, I really don't like this number that's on the scale, and you decide to just not actually talk to yourself that way anymore, the conversation then changes to what do I really want for myself? How do I want my body to feel when I'm moving it? How do I want it to feel with the food I'm eating? What do I want my energy to be like? All of those conversations can start coming in and they may still have the same outcome or probably a better outcome in that you may still decide to make changes to your eating to treat your body better, exercise more, but it will feel different because you're not doing it because you're punishing yourself or the way you currently are, or you're not doing it because of some lack. You're doing it because you want more. You're creating more in your life. If you love yourself right now, and then you continue to love yourself through the whole journey, it can just help you reach different goals. And the goals will feel different because you have different thoughts throughout the whole journey, and your intention is different. And that generally will make them easier to stick with. Usually when you're making changes from a place of dislike, it's going to feel really hustly. It's going to feel real like work. Like you're hanging on. When you start to make shifts like this, where you let go of that dislike and you make changes because of positive intention for yourself, that's when you can create the ease. It's really hard to create that ease that I talk about when you're making changes from a place of dislike. And honestly, the other reason for doing this work now, no matter where you are in your journey, is this work doesn't change because the scale number changes. So you don't go from disliking your body to loving your body because of the number on the scale. We think we do. We think that once we hit that magic number, then everything's going to be great and we love it. And I'm a good example of the story I've been telling you during this episode. I lost more weight than I ever thought I'd be able to at one point. And I can still judge my body. (laughs) It's that voice. It's super easy for it to do it. It can slip into it. And when I'm looking in the mirror and judging my body, if my brain's in that space, it doesn't see a body that's significantly changed in a weight loss journey. It sees the same overweight body with the same roles and all that sort of stuff. The only way I actually can remind myself that this body is different, even though there's still loose skin and floppy bits, is looking at photos. When I look in the mirror, if I'm not careful, it's very easy for my brain to say it's the same shape and size it always has been. So if you don't do this work, losing that weight isn't going to fix it. You are not going to love your body more because of a number on the scale or a size of clothes. You may have moments where you're like, oh yeah, I'm really happy that I fit into these clothes, but our brains are so interesting, it will skew it. It will shift it where suddenly you don't think you're feeling or looking as good in those clothes or they're not fitting as well. You have to do this work at some point. May as well do it now. May as well do it wherever you are in your journey now and make the rest of your journey, the rest of your days better because you are intentionally choosing to love yourself. So, what I'd suggest you do after this episode is I want you to just start noticing where this critical voice shows up for you. Notice things it wants to comment on. And then I just want you to contemplate what would be life be like if I didn't judge myself on this stuff? What would life be like if I actually decided this was enough, that I was good, this body was totally fine right now? What would life be like? Just give yourself space to contemplate it. And if this is something you really struggle with, and if you're like, "Woof, that's going to be hard to do, then honestly, coaching is a very good intervention for this. A diet will not fix this. A diet will create that hustling, hanging on for dear life energy that we've all tried in our weight loss. The way that we fix this is we shift how we're thinking. And by shifting how you're thinking, working on mindset shifts, that then makes it easier to make the changes that you're wanting to make to reach your goals. And like I said, in this episode, it makes them from a very different place. So they feel different. So they feel better. So whatever changes you're making in your life, let's make sure they actually make your life better. And stress eating and does that. It helps physicians feel so much more in control around food to where they're not having to obsess over food, helps them lose weight and reach their goals while making their life better. And if that sounds good to you, then head over to that waitlist, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash SOS to get your name on the waitlist. And like I said at the beginning, the doors will be opening on April 14th. So marketing your calendar, keep your eyes on your email and you will be hearing from me. All right. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Send me an email info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Let me know, is this difficult for you? Is this something that you're going to work on? All right. Have a fantastic week. Bye-bye.